Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you today's best of Garage Logic. It's Reavers here. Happy New Year to all of you GLers out there. And uh, here's to 2024. So I thought today's episode, let's look back and let's replay our most popular episode of 2023. Uh, we will be back with a live show tomorrow, by the way, for those of you wondering tomorrow and the rest of the week and going forward. So I thought, let's do it. Let's let's play the most popular episode of 2023 for today's best of Garage Logic. And here it is. Hope you enjoy the best of Garage Logic. Fratelloni Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1,184. November 3rd, 2023, 75 degrees on this day in 2020. A fateful year we're about to get to in a moment. And 8 degrees in 1991. Hail the flashlight, King! Hail you! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. We're joined in the studio by Liz Collin. I would imagine most listeners know the name Liz Collin, longtime Channel 4 newscaster, then left. I think she's kind of our own Barry Weiss. She saw the light and left. Uh, conventional heritage news gathering and is now with Alpha News has most recently written a book called They're Lying which is who's there? Who's who's the, the they media are? and the left? And Joe I want to say it's been almost a year since I've been here. I thought you guys were kind of pissed off at me I'm going to be honest and no, didn't that's ask, my fault. ask me back. Because no. I used So Chris the, was pissed off at well, me. I, well no I, I, okay. I used it because I thought oh, we needed a best of because you know Joe just likes to take time off all the time. Oh so, um, that's what I've heard. I don't take enough don't. time off I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so I used that segment thinking it would be kind of neat to get a, and I did not realize it was almost a year ago. I know it's been, it's been a year but thank you very much because um, a lot of people People heard that show and um, had me talk about the book and such after hearing um, the interview. And so I'm thrilled to be back here a year later uh, to discuss. A lot has happened in in the last year. But the, the book, yes, is They're Lying, The Media, The Left, and The Death of, of George Floyd. And thank you very much for your kind introduction, too. I what are they that. lying about? Well, um, okay, you said we have about 30 minutes, so here goes. Uh, but, but we can uh, go longer. Don't worry about that. <laughs> the, the beauty of podcasting. No doubt. Um, so basically the lies begin uh, very early on um, in this case. Uh, many people don't know that it's a black officer uh, who arrested George Floyd that day. You know, this, of course, became known as the most racist uh, police incident in, in U.S. history. And the facts certainly did not su- support that. There's a reason they had they hid the body camera footage as long as they did. If uh, you recall, it was two and a half months um, after the incident that it was actually leaked the very first time in Minneapolis police history that body camera footage from an incident um, has been withheld from the public. 
Um, they're, they're lied about the autopsy, and some of that stuff recently came to light that I know we can d- discuss uh, as well. But um, the, the list of lies is quite, quite long. What do you tell people like me when I say I can't unsee the knee? Yeah, certainly um, everyone is is troubled by that viral video. However, um, there is this 15-minute interaction before that video takes place uh, where you have George Floyd saying several times that he can't breathe long before Derek Chauvin arrives uh, on the scene. He is actually the one who's asking to be laid on the ground um, during all of this. You also have Thomas Lane uh, on his fourth day on the job as an officer, and he calls for an ambulance within 36 seconds of George Floyd uh, going going to the ground. Uh, you have George Floyd, uh, who also goes ahead and says that he's not on anything. He didn't take anything, as officers are asking again and again. Uh, it, it, the, the incident itself was just made into something that the facts uh, do, do not support. That's sort of the point of the book, and also the book is a little bit of my story, and the fact that the media got this wrong, and still to this day, they're pus- pushing this narrative uh, that has been very dangerous. We don't have to look very far to see uh, what has transpired in, in Minneapolis and, frankly, across the country when it comes to law enforcement leaving the profession, skyrocketing crime rates, uh, et cetera. But again, we had our leaders pushing the narrative that we'd be living on the right side of history after all of this. That was their mantra. And the facts don't don't support that that we are. The reason it's still important is because that weekend in 2020 resulted in a tremendous cultural sea change, didn't it? The uh, everything has changed since then. The uh, the the tone of the city, uh, the condition of the police department, the attitudes of uh, elected officials. Every single thing changed. Why do you think that was so powerful? Because of that because of that film that was captured on the phone. And also, um, I wanted to mention in the in the body camera footage and a big lie. <clears throat> Two is that this is simply uh, a part of training, this maneuver that's happening. You also had um, these so-called leaders pushing this lie that they'd never seen this maneuver before. It's not a part of training. Well, then why did two pages of the police manual go offline uh, f- for several weeks? Two pages mysteriously go go missing that explain this maximal restraint technique, something that there are four references in the body camera footage to MRT, the officers talking amongst each other. Uh, there's a very problematic paramedic response uh, that day that we get in more into the, the film, which we're going to talk about. But you have a police force now that was nearly 890 cops in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. It's down to 512. Those mm-hmm. are the latest numbers from just a couple couple of weeks ago. Um, people have moved out of the city for, for good reason. Um, but you really have these leaders sort of doubling down on this and and continue to, you know, paint the police as, as the bad guys here. We it well, it's reached the point where the city was uh, frozen. They couldn't even make a decision about the third precinct. All they got to do is throw five million bucks into the existing three precincts, save the taxpayers a lot of money. But instead, we get this, we get this hand wringing and this angst about well, that might offend people. And well, you know what? It's time to grow up and just say, uh, let's have some fiduciary responsibility here. That's not going to happen. They're going to create a new. Third precinct. Ironically, it's only what two or three blocks away. Uh, that maybe is a different story. But most, more importantly, as a result of the book, you have developed a film that will be debuting when? That is coming out on November sixteenth. So very soon. It's called the Fall of Minneapolis. Yeah, and you don't mean autumn. Nope, it happens to be coming out in the fall, but 
Yeah, that's um, the, sort of the title we, we picked in, in all of this because that's certainly what ha- has happened to that, that city. Um, you know, a once vibrant, safe city um, seems to be anything but. You have thousands of businesses that have closed their doors uh, in, in Minneapolis. And, and again, I wish I could offer some sort of light at the end of the tunnel, but I think the light um, really has to focus on the truth. And that's sort of my role, I feel like, in this is is telling the truth um, about all of this and and um, giving a voice to the people that, that lost theirs in the wake of this. And that includes in the fall of Minneapolis, um, officers talking about what they experienced um, at the 3rd Precinct, another sort of lie that was told about this. You know, this is a planned surrender of that building that takes place on that Thursday during the riots um, in, in the city. And, and these officers are basically served up to the angry mob with no exit plan. It's truly heartbreaking uh, to hear these these cops, really the best of the best, in my opinion, people with 20, 30 years of, of service for the city. And they and they left the job um, because why wouldn't they? Um, after after what took place. So they, they're basically running for their lives from this building as the city bus is late to even pick them up. Um, you know, the bus wasn't able to, to pull up to the front of the building. So the plan was to, to park it uh, a half mile away as these officers with no exit plan at all from the top are, are running for their lives to, to this bus. And the bus is then late to pick them up. So they're telling this uh, story. And then, you know, when they, they come back and their entire offices are ransacked and destroyed. The, the fall of Minneapolis then will will concentrate on the fall of the third precinct. Uh, it'll be uh, some some of that, but it it does tell the the story of this case. It's the very first time Derek Chauvin has spoken out. Um, I speak to him in in prison, obviously oh, in Arizona, yeah. and also um, Alex King, again the the black officer from North Minneapolis. He tells his story for the first time. Uh, his mom is a part of the film. Uh, Derek Chauvin's mother is a part of the film as well. So, so many people who have never who have never uh, spoken out before are uh, in this movie. So, so the the third precinct went down on a Thursday night, the twenty eighth. You're saying, Liz, that was after days of rioting. I have footage from early in the day on Thursday, the twenty eighth, where I was in that shopping area where Target is on uh, high on excuse me Minnehaha on Lake Street. And there was looting going on at 10 in the morning, right in bright daylight. They're going in and out of stores, taking stuff out. So, Joe, you made reference earlier that it was a weekend. It was actually a week-long looting session that went on. And the third precinct didn't go on. Um, till what the third day in Liz? Yeah, well, didn't Floyd go down on Memorial Day? Correct. Yeah. Yep, yeah. the twenty fifth. And, yeah. ju- and just to back week, up yes. a bit, that was the plan that they were going to give the third precinct. And when I say they, this is um, you know the 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 police chief of Minneapolis. I'm sure the governor of Minnesota knew about this plan, but they were going to surrender this building, thinking that that would then um, get the riots to stop. That was a part of the plan. We obviously know now that that was not. Uh, that, that did not work, but none of these uh, officers thought that was a good idea. They thought it was completely insane um, and, in fact, only empowered um, the rioters through all of this. And then you have the media talking about how peaceful and how moving these, uh, you know, peaceful protests were all week. Oh. They were perpetuating oh. that message from well, the very weren't, start. They weren't peaceful. Uh, did you talk to any of the citizens of South Minneapolis? Yeah, I've done uh, quite a bit of, of that for, for Alpha News, talking about all the, all the fallout uh, from all of this. We, we did... Um, in the film, and we'll, we're going to do. The thing is, we we had so much, and it was actually hard to to even um, yeah. edit it down. But in, the the film itself is about ninety minutes. Um, we're still finishing it, but it'll the, be done. 
the one thing that prompted my wife and I to move, we lived on 20th Avenue, 39th and 20th, so one block south of 38th yeah. in South Minneapolis. Wow. And the one thing that we found really disgusting is the city called um, basically a city-wide meeting where all the people in certain blocks would come to a park and meet with city leaders. And they told everybody that gathered in our park, in our case it was, um, um, what's that park I live in? I can't even remember the name now. But they told everybody, go home, lock up your trash containers, draw your shades, stay in your house. Just to protect ourselves from the mayhem that was going on, we, us, the wife and I, and a bunch of other neighbors found that very, very offensive. And we all set about guarding our neighborhood. We put up um, makeshift barriers. We were out walking the neighborhood, protecting the neighborhood, while other neighbors were sitting in their house, peeking out under the shades. They wanted us to be in our house and not protect our personal property. It was amazing and despicable. Were you still with Channel 4 at the time? Yeah, she was. I was, yep. I, yeah. I obviously wasn't allowed to report on, on any of this, and this is sort of how the book came to be, because I, I still to this day think that they would have told the truth about all of this right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the autopsy of George Floyd done within 12 hours of him dying. That's mm-hmm. withheld from the public for, for a week and long after. he died of after. a fentanyl overdose. Well, you have uh, fentanyl. He has a heart condition that people don't talk about a lot more of this is in in the movie itself George had a tough life it wasn't yeah. he, this wasn't his first encounter with the police you also have minneapolis police lying about uh, about that the chief of police says that they didn't they've never had anything to do with george floyd no history at all well there's an arrest that takes place in may of 20, 2019 almost a year earlier mm-hmm. um where where george floyd is the subject of an undercover drug investigation and uh if you watch the body camera footage from 2019 and, and 2020 side by side they're almost uh, identical. Mm-hmm. Did you have something, Chris? Well, uh, you mentioned the, the governor and the, and the mayor, you know, wanting to give up the third precinct. It's clear they just, they didn't have a plan. And we saw that unfold where we're basically saying, get the guard in here. This needs to stop. But I want to go back to the initial um, idea for the video because we were alerted a number of years ago by former KSTP reporter Bill Dahlman on Seattle is dying. And that's kind of the way I picture this because, Joe, we talked about that video at length back when it came out. What was it, 2019, whenever mm-hmm. it was, basically talking yeah. about the overriding drug addiction in the city of Seattle and how it's just made that city become less than what it used to be. And that's kind of what I'm picturing with your video because just knowing you a little bit and knowing how you work. And Joe had even said this back then that you could make this about basically any of these big cities around the country. Right, right. I mean, the mat- match was struck here in Minneapolis, and it certainly certainly spread um, all across the country. And some of the video we have in the, in the film is, is truly heartbreaking to see. But the this, a lot of the the video, I'll, I'll be honest, it's shot in the middle of the afternoon uh, dur- wow. during a weekday when you have, you know, people are look like zombies walking around or they're committing crimes, and you just capture it on camera. It's just a uh, truly um, really hard, hard and difficult after after and how it changed and just just like an, overnight. I remember rhetorically wondering this on the show uh, that it ignited uh, it, it it ignited the world that week ignited the world not just nationally it ignited the world and what I was wondering rhetorically was 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 Minneapolis on such a razor thin edge prior to this evening of Memorial Day in 2020, that it didn't take much for this to explode. In other words, there has to be more here than meets the eye. It was almost as though 
people were looking for an excuse. Well, COVID too, Joe. To erupt Mm. and they're coming out of, well, that was in the middle of COVID. Yeah, full swing. And uh, uh, because it doesn't stand to reason that one police incident out of hundreds that day, even though that, that video is so damning, it doesn't stand to reason that this would have resulted in essentially and to a great degree, the collapse of that city. Yeah, I think that um, certainly we've seen in Minneapolis uh, progressive politics uh, at, at play. Uh, obviously, it's been controlled by by Democrats for, for decades. Um, but you really have a very far left uh, group that has taken over politically. Um, well, we're beyond you know, Democrats. We're dealing with the Democratic Socialists of America. Correct, correct. And their platform is different than the DFL Well, platform. and this is why I say it was the perfect people in the perfect positions uh, for this to, to play out. And, and certainly this was a presidential election year, so that, that played a role, mm-hmm. you know, ousting... Uh, then President Trump, but at all costs. So I think that politics had much more to do with this than the actual truth. Mm-hmm. The does the movie, uh, does the film get beyond the week of George Floyd? Do we? Do we? Do we? Yep. There's, do you capture what's happened since then? We have an entire um, section of the film um, that focuses on the aftermath itself. So we go into. Thank you very much. You guys You're are welcome. so accommodating with water. <laughs> rookie, rookie has cents. three beverages, by the way. I don't he know. conducts a, some sort What's of science happening? experiment every day. I get day. thirsty. Yeah, where he Play puts the dumb ice in very thirsty. One glass and colored water in another yeah. glass, and then <laughs> flavor water in another glass. A lot happening over there. So he yeah. thinks he's uh. Mr. Science. <laughs> That's the most. <laughs> when can uh, you say November sixteenth for the yes. fall of Minneapolis? How will people see it? So it is a free film. Um, it was a crowdfunded documentary. Still is. So if anybody, you know, I beg. For for money now, Joe. That I work for nonprofit news, right, so that's what right. we do. Um, it's uh, thefallofminneapolis.com, but uh, people have been uh, incredible supporting the, this project. And our whole point is that we know a lot of people don't read this day, this day and age. Um, but this is going to be out right before Thanksgiving, so you guys can invite your family over, maybe drink a little wine, have a good time, and then t- you know put on this film, especially for maybe your more left leaning family members, and then get in into domestics. That'd so let fun. me know how this yes. Yeah, Joe, let us know there, buddy. <laughs> let us know how that works out, the old yeah. homestead, Joe. But this will be on on Rumble? Rumble is... Um, well, where, what the hell is Rumble? Okay, so you go to Rumble. It's all it's all free, Joe. I'm going to help Joe. It's going to be... You're dealing with unfrozen caveman lawyer over here is what it is. <laughs> it's Alpha News MN, all one word, on Rumble. But we're also going to push it out um, on uh, alphanews.org. We will uh, put it up on X. Uh, Facebook, but we think Facebook and YouTube probably will take it down within 37 seconds. That's I was just going to ask that yeah. because yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering <laughs> with the way that, you know, we all know that a lot of different news platforms have their own agenda, both left-leaning and right-leaning. We all get all of that. Is this the future of mainstream news gathering, in your opinion? Oh, I mean, I cannot tell you just uh, how much I've learned about all this in the last couple of years, but yes, I mean, we get... Th- uh, hundreds of thousands of views on our on our website uh, every day, which is many more than we'll watch a you know let's say a, a weekend newscast uh, or something, or even on um, Twitter X. I got to figure this out. Uh, even on X itself, uh, you know, tens of thousands of it's people. People have turned off the mainstream media, and for good reason. They just um, 
you know, it's sort of like money over morals. Ethically, I just didn't feel good about not informing the, the public anymore. And people have caught on to that. And they, you know, took me a little while, but I'm right there, uh, right there with them. So, Liz, um, during the week of the riots, you were at the four. Were you out on the streets as a reporter? I remember Frank and Amelia at the desk um, and I was watching all the channels. It was that to me was a great week to watch the news because nothing was scripted. Everything was off the cuff and we really got to see some interesting news gathering. What was your week like, the week of the riots? Yes, so as part of the uh, organized lunacy, um, the uh, the rioters were coming after me as well. So I was basically in hiding um, because of all the death threats that were happening at my house right. uh, because, of course, this was all my husband's fault uh, right. as, the, as the president of the, the police union. So no, I was off the air for almost uh, almost a month. I was still working. Um, I was at home or staying with friends and such because that's literally what what happened. Things yeah, started I showing up in that. the mailbox. Yep, yep. Um, they were very. They were posting pictures of our house uh, uh, online, etc. Um, so we just sort of pulled pulled the shades and and went into hiding. Um, but yeah, it was just a just a crazy time. I was obviously glued to the news too. But even with that, listening to. Um, you know what was happening behind the scenes. I just thought that why isn't the media demanding more of these of these leaders? Why did they let it? Well, why did this? The get one so thing bad? the one thing that sticks with me is Julie Nelson from the Eleven, um, literally yelling at the governor. Where are you? Why haven't you spoken with us? Right. Where are you, governor? And it was I, I. I just that's never left me. I've always thought that was fascinating. And she didn't get fired. <laughs> That I'm aware uh, of. Julie, you mean. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, no. No, she didn't. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's John here, and I want to tell you how you can eat stress-free this spring with Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals. You can get their fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. Weekly menu of 35 options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. And they use premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus for the no-fuss meals. And get rid of the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Just heat and serve. My favorite, the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. Customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 use code GarageLogic50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code GarageLogic50 at factormeals.com slash GarageLogic50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. You know, the investment game can be awfully tricky, especially in these volatile times. And that's why you need the best and also somebody that you can trust. And that's why I rely on Josh Arnold. We know him as Mr. Money Talk around these parts. And he's here for you. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute no-obligation consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Josh has been at this a long time with a track record of success, and he's here to help you. So give him a call today. No obligation. That's right. No obligation. It's absolutely free. 952-925-5608. And tell them you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. 
Joe Souchere. Well, with summer, we've had it too easy, way too easy, and so have our cylinders. Since it's already cold and the snow will soon be upon us, let's talk about firing up those winter cylinders and what seafoam can do for us. Uh, the summer cylinders, I'm hoping you put them away by now. Uh, if you haven't, douse them with seafoam and then get out the winter cylinders. Make sure everything's up and running. If they're not, they're having an issue. Throw some seafoam at the problem. Uh, the seafoam is your friend with the carburetors and injectors. And you know what else like seafoam? Deadbolts, knob locks, padlocks. I guess that's how you pronounce it, padlocks. <laughs> to me, it's always been paddlocks, but Such says no, padlocks. It's, it's padlock. Pad, paddle, padlock. I think it's padlock. Padlock. I really do. I think it's padlock. Anyway, what it does, it's a lubricator. It's a rust buster. It's amazing, and it keeps those locks working fantastic when it's below zero. The deep creep, the motor treatment, the trans tune, bugs be gone, all of them available anywhere that fine automotive chemicals are sold. It's a local company with a global reach and a true miracle in a world of bad gas, Seafoam. We're speaking with Liz Collin, the author of They're Lying, the George Floyd story. And uh, she's the producer of a new film called The Fall of Minneapolis, which comes out November 16th. Do you see any hope for the future of Minneapolis? Do, will many, How long ago was it that Minneapolis had? Super Bowl was here in Feb of 18. The Final Four was here April of 19. And, yeah, I think that was our last big event. I mean, that's pretty recent. Mm -hmm. And the town was hopping. Do you see any reason to believe that Minneapolis will ever return to some point, or is this the new normal? Well, I think there's always hope. You know, I am that kind of person. Joe, did that sound convincing? Mm -hmm. um, but I wish that I, that I wish that I had something to support that, uh, just beyond, I guess, my belief in human decency. Um, you know, my hope has been restored in the truth after this uh, book tour that's been amazing. I've, I've met some of the most incredible people along the way, and that's what's been um, so heartbreaking in all of this, too, how everybody does have their own story, you know, whether you're in law enforcement or, or not, and or people who don't travel to Minneapolis anymore. They don't go to those sporting events, uh, et cetera. So, um, you know, the, even this latest class of, class of Minneapolis police, you know, they have obviously hundreds of vacancies, but they brought on, I think it was like 18, 19 cadets and only a few of them stayed and they ended up having two in the end. So, uh, you know, I don't know how this all shakes out a few years from now, but it's going to take a, a lot more people to use their voice to stand up and, and push back. And I think, frankly, they're going to have to be voting differently as well. Did this book tour take you throughout the state? It did. Yep. I've been uh, pretty much to every corner, um, you know. Do you find any uh, anything uh, to observe where you are geographically? In other words, is this more received in Rosso than it is in downtown Minneapolis? Well, after you leave the metro, people get more normal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just... <laughs> God, I'll say. It's really, it's, that's really it's the case. Really, really incredible. I think many people at first were very um, scared to host me in the Metro, thinking that, you know, we drop protests or, or whatever. That's a turnaround a, a bit. But I think I've done maybe, I want to say 60, 70 probably in the course of the, course of the year. Um, but there's so many good people in this state. And I think at the end of the day, we all kind of want the same thing. So we shouldn't um, allow our leaders... To lie to us. That's uh, kind of what it comes down to. Do you think Chauvin will uh, survive an appeal? Uh, you know, speaking, do we have a bit of, uh, I, we have time, right? I guess oh, yeah. I keep asking sure. that. Okay. I can uh, 
bring everyone up to date on the case because there were some things that that transpired in the last couple of weeks. We were able to um, get our hands on depositions that were just recently made public. Uh, Amy Sweezy is suing. Uh, Amy Sweezy was a top prosecutor in Hennepin County. She uh, is suing former Hennepin County attorney Mike Freeman. So as part of this lawsuit, these depositions recently became public that um, just took place this summer. And what is so striking about all of these um, documents is this fight um, that that prosecutors were in to charge the three, specifically the three other officers. Um, Amy Sweezy is on record saying she did not want to do that and withdrew from the case along with Patrick Lofton, who was another Hennepin County attorney at the time. So they go into great detail about why they don't feel comfortable charging these three other officers. And so the, those documents just recently came t- to light as part of that. So now the attorney is representing the three other officers who pled guilty um, after seeing what happened in Derek Chauvin's trial, they hope to perhaps use those because they pled guilty not knowing about these conversations happening behind the scenes um, three years earlier within the Hennepin County court system. So again, it's Attorney General Keith Ellison who steps in to to go ahead and proceed with the charges against the three other officers. But as for as for Derek Chauvin, there is also some of that that pushback that they thought that the the they were charging him with with too much, uh, et cetera. But uh, the 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 state supreme court in Minnesota has already denied uh, his appeal. So now uh, his new attorney, Bill Mormon, is his name. He's a he's went ahead and appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. That brief was just filed. We wrote about that on on Alpha News a couple of weeks ago. Um, so that so that the U.S. Uh, supreme Court will have to then decide whether or not they'll take that case, mm-hmm. Joe. So it it could be you know still a, a long road. It's I think it's seven thousand cases they you know are petitioned to to receive every year, mm-hmm. and they only take just a handful of those. So. He still has to overcome that uh, incredible video. That didn't kill him, Joe. No, I know, it, but it's but this perception has become the reason for the outrage that's followed. Is the perception of what happened there? Yeah, and I think that we get into that quite a bit in the film, and that's in, in the book um, as well. But it is very clear. Um, if they would have just gone frame by frame, this is what the officers were doing. This is their training. The MRT actually says hold for paramedics. The paramedics uh, took nearly 20 minutes to get there that day, and there's a lot that has come out about that. They're at the wrong location. There was bad communication, et cetera. Um, and Derek Chauvin, uh, this is what's interesting. You know, he was a, a police officer for 19 years, and obviously he'd been painted to the the worst police officer ever but you know he'd never even done anything on the job that even warranted union representation for example something that was but you even have the current police chief of minneapolis who's thrown him under the bus and the the city of minneapolis opened up their pocketbook yet again uh, to pay someone where he did that exact same maneuver Mm -hmm. held him that person didn't die. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just so much evidence that that just does not support um, what they were pushing from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at the uh, political situation in Minneapolis, I would imagine you would think things cannot get better. As I mentioned before, we're now dealing with uh, Democratic Socialists of America as opposed to just, you know, the Hubert Humphrey DFL. That's long Yeah, gone. the Hamas flag, I think, has only been flown about six right. times in the last uh, two weeks. Well, the DSA <clears throat> in their platform calls for the uh, support of Palestine at the mm-hmm. expense of Israel. And these are people now representing Minneapolis. It's scary. Five seats, two in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's a, an incredible situation. We've been talking on the show about the barbarians 
at the gate. Uh, they're no longer at the gate. They're inside. And I think it will have a great impact on the future of of how how Minneapolis comes out of this, if it comes out of it whole or well, not. Well, and you had said too, mm-hmm. Joe, will it come back? I think in certain cases, like for instance, we always see people posting on social media about oh, what's so wrong with Minneapolis at a Taylor Swift concert or when the Vikings are in town. And big events like that, I think, there is, I mean, I've, I took my kids to a Vikings game recently. So it's like mm-hmm. there are certain instances where it does feel like, okay, it's some semblance of what it kind of used to be, but... The greater part of that, I don't think, is ever coming back. Well, what about 2 a.m. on a Wednesday? You that's, know? that's exactly let's right. Let's talk about that. Well, yeah. let's, let's also clarify something. By I, I'm not sure we're in agreement about what we mean by coming back. I would say we'd, st- you know, the pandemic had a lot to do with this. Sure. And Minneapolis will come back whether we want it to or not if office workers returned. That would give reason to support some of these businesses downtown, even little luncheonettes and curio stores and whatever, they're all gone because there's nobody there. If workers came back, I think we'd have a different look at the city. Well, I think they also have to be honest about why workers left. You know, Mm -hmm. they say it's remote work and it's the pandemic, um, but many companies have come out and said, no, it's because of crime. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Our workers don't don't feel safe, and many of them have been victims uh, by crime, so they're they're not bringing their workers back. You mentioned your husband, that's Bob Kroll. I take it Bob's no longer an officer. He he retired. Yeah. He's he's older. He was able to retire. Right. You know, I still have to work for a living. Well, somebody's got to um, support the family. Exactly. He, this is he does a podcast. Yeah. Doesn't he? He's doing a podcast, isn't he? A fun one. Oh, he's. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, the burger review oh, is that what you yeah, she just did. Yeah. She just said, "Okay, Kenny. Yeah. Come on yeah. now, Kenny. Yeah, Come on now. Cute. Give him some credit. Did he's you, doing something. Yeah. Did you? Uh, did he put you up to even bringing that up? Right <laughs> now? It just seems like that was like too too I, arranged. I've but. always been a Bob guy. I like Bob. <laughs> he actually had a great. He wanted to come uh, for this interview, but I said no. He's always trying to hijack my career. I don't know what's going on. Oh, so he put the hat on. His, Look, wow. I'm a journalist too. Is wow. that what he did? No, he does. Uh, he does burger and brew reviews. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't really that, know if that's journalism, that matters, but, Liz. Okay. That matters. Yeah. Do you know that I am friends with him on Facebook. And at the time, is he working at a plug? My what? No, no, no. <laughs> my niece contacted me, who was very liberal, and said, "Why are you friends with this pos?" Oh gosh, wow! And I just said, "We are acquaintances. I run into him at the airport. I <laughs> see him at other events." And I, I, I said, "I, you know, that's we're just we're Facebook friends." I bet your niece doesn't know him. My niece and her family, we haven't spoken since. You're kidding. Oh my gosh, we caused wow. They don't come to family stuff. They don't it became a big Facebook friendship. It became a big huge thing that I was friends with him and they couldn't let couldn't let it go. And I'm not like that. That's where we're at in this country. That's 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 a microscopic example of what happened post Memorial Day twenty twenty. But it's not conservatives shutting out liberals. It's Mm -hmm. in my family, at least, it's the other way around. Well, it's It's what Matt. It's also liberals that don't. Again, your niece, I'm sure, has never even talked to Bob before, and never would probably either, because then she might like him. You know, so that would be that would be. He only bit me twice when I met him, so it's okay. But it's just been (laughs) built up into this thing that's just not. It's not reality. I'll be honest. I mean, it's happened in my family too. People that don't, you know, know him, or you know, they're friends of friends or whatever. But oh, how can you possibly be with? But they don't know him. So. Do your parents still talk to you? Oh, they they do. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Okay. And they love Bob. Right. Yeah. 
I, I want to go, Joe, back to Hennepin County prosecutors and Mike Freeman and the uh, the tenet that we've all heard our whole lives, innocent until proven guilty, which, me, by the way, in the Constitution, which means absolutely nothing in the Derek Chauvin case. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I think that, you know, we bring that up in the, the film, too, the, the Sixth Amendment. We're all supposed to be entitled yep. um, to, to that. And we have Derek Chauvin being paraded in around uh, razor wire around the uh, Hennepin County Courthouse. National Guard members are, are there. You have a jury that's not sequestered. And again, this is what justice in America looks like now. What kind of, you know, what kind of message does that send to the jury? You better convict this guy uh, or else. Maybe yeah. Mary Moriarty would have let him go oh, with a wow. plea deal. <laughs> well, and that, and that's what I mean about politics in Minneapolis. Not only do they, they double down, I mean, Mary Moriarty in so many cases is so much worse uh, than, than Mike Freeman uh, oh, was. We've yeah. seen that obviously again and again. But in her defense, she told us this is well, what she was going to do when true. she campaigned. Yeah, very true. Right. Now, yeah. once she she makes herself available for interviews, and she's been very forthcoming about saying, this is what I told you I was going to do, and I'm right. doing it. But not once has anyone ever said to her, could you please provide us the evidence you're using for your beliefs? Mm-hmm. I, I predict she doesn't have any. And then for all I know, uh, does her position give her the right to introduce her own ideology? In other words, mm-hmm. show me some statistics, show me some college papers, show me something, even though the college papers would be suspect, but show me something that backs you up. There's been nothing. No one ever right. asked her that. And I also don't know how she can look these families in the eye and feel good about what she's, right. you know, allowed to, to happen. I just, I don't know how people like that sleep at night. Well, we honest. had the one case where the governor and, and Keith Ellison stepped in and said, uh, we can't. Right. We had you know it with- it's bad when. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I want to ask a question, and I don't mean to have you speak for your husband, but you mentioned something about the recruitment of police officers in the city of Minneapolis. And we all know that it's a problem because the numbers are down, and who could blame anybody that doesn't want to do that job anymore? Is it going to get to the point where we're going to be lessening standards in that particular regard? Oh, that's already um, something something that that has happened. I, I can speak, you know, you guys are. Or friends here, but I've heard stories that um, you know the physical fitness uh, standards have sort of gone up the window. In, in some cases, uh, I think there was a shooting incident at the range where somebody had an act, a, a, you know, a, a discharge of a weapon that shouldn't have happened. So a- absolutely, and, and I also think too that the city is not going to be able to support all of these precincts eventually. Um, it's you know sending the message. It's been a couple of years now. They're trying everything they can to get new cops and. Again, why would you go to Minneapolis when you can be supported in a <laughs> another community um, and make it make as much money? So um, it's uh, it's just such a conundrum here, and I, and that's kind of the point of this whole thing is it just did not have to be this way. Yeah. What year did you join Channel Four? Uh, Two thousand and eight. Prior to that, where were you? Uh, I worked in several newsrooms before that. I went to to college in Florida. I worked at WTVJ, which is the NBC station down there, uh, through college. And then I was off to um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, at Mm -hmm. KDLT. Then I was out in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, at WHP, which was a CBS station. I was also in Wichita, Kansas, for a few years um, at a CBS station there. During these stops, did uh, did you enjoy what you were doing? I did. I've always uh, enjoyed telling stories and being uh, being a reporter. Okay, during yes. these stops, did you detect uh, a change in the outlook of the news gathering industry? 
During oh. these stops, or does that come later? I think it came later. Uh, you know, I worked in the day when there wasn't social media back in the day, yeah. Joe, but I think I saw how, you know, ad revenue started going in all kinds of different directions. So then news stations started shrinking their budgets, of course. Um, but really, I think the last probably six, seven years of my career at CCO is really where I saw. All right, we are just going to embrace this one ideology. We don't really care if you're on the other side. We don't want to balance things anymore. And also, it just kind of became cheaper. We're not going to spend time looking into anything. We're going to do stories about weather, and everything is fine, and do a story about a dog also, and then we're good to go, and everybody go home. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that seems to be what's happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's why I say the week of the riots was really interesting to watch. I mean, for God's sakes, we turned Ma- uh, Mike Max into a superhero. Okay. You know, what was Ma- what's Maxie doing out on the streets? Um, but it was a real interesting um, week for news in the Metro. Yeah, Ma- Maxie is a superhero. He's oh, a he is guy. awesome. Mike, he's the greatest guy but ever. You, but, but you also had reporters who, who, frankly, were just so scared to even cover the, the news. Right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's just when you reflect on it, it's changed everything. It's changed the political face of Minneapolis. It's changed the police department. It's changed the way people behave. It's changed dining. It's changed entertainment. It's changed working in an office. It's changed everything. Now, you can say pandemic, but that's just a part of it. The George Floyd episode is a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. And it was global. It was global. It's changed rookies' family dynamics. Yes. I, I would just unfriend Bob, by the way. I really don't think he doesn't contribute on Facebook at all. So no, you're not, no, there was like, it's not even, even it's not even worth it. We never even had any interaction. You know, it was just a professional follow, and you know, okay, you said I'll follow this knucklehead. I actually had uh, some cousins that were protesting in front of the police union that I saw online. I was like, you guys know that, like, he's sort of, you know, anyway. Yeah. Just. Very, yep. but that, that, but that's really the, also that's that generation. It's feelings yep. over facts. Mm-hmm. Period. I just wasn't yeah. raised that way, and I'm more of a critical thinker. And you know, you got to follow the money and follow the power. And there was a well, lot more at play here. And honestly, Liz, that's part of what when you were talking earlier about you know with the book and now the and now the film coming out. We're also trying to pretend that we're going to add logic and reason to people that just simply don't want to apply that to their everyday oh, life. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know, that's that's so true. It's a it's a, it's a great point, and that's why it's so hard to have these arguments sometimes. And that's my hope in putting this film out there too. I'd like your niece to watch it. Okay. Um, she can come over with Bob. We'll watch it <laughs> yes. together. Have a sandwich. Have a sandwich. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> well, we're dealing with a generation of people that start sentences with "I feel." Exactly. I feel. Uh, not they don't know. They mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What will you be moving on to? What do you see yourself doing? I'm you, just going to retire. It's over. Joe. You think so? This is the last she one. Gone. She gone. <laughs> well, I'm still I'm still over at Alpha News, so we you know hope to. There, there's never a, a shortage of content. I'll be I'll be quite honest. Well, that's just so, it. You're right in the heartbeat. Yeah. Of Did it all. Alpha yeah. ever envision this amount of success? And people relying on that as a news source? You know, I think, you know, Alpha News started out with like one and a half people uh, six years ago. And we've grown uh, considerably in the last the last couple of years. There's six of us, I think, uh, now there. I would also like to give a plug. Uh, Sheila Qualls just put out a podcast called Trapped Chaos in the Classroom, her latest season on, on that. But there are so many things happening that the mainstream media just refuses to report on, especially Why? what's Why? happening. Why do they refuse? 
because it's uh, it goes against the the narratives that they push. And also, what's I the, will what's say, the, what's the narrative? I will also say it's complicated. And a lot of these mm-hmm. reporters, they like to, you know, be done in eight hours, maybe maybe six. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it, it takes it takes work. And I think that again, that's a generational generational thing. But um, and they also don't. It's uncomfortable. A lot of this stuff happening in schools, it might be uncomfortable to you know be be talking about, and they mm-hmm. just simply won't. They won't put it on the news. I mean, I saw it again and again. Is it your theory? So. They've lost their curiosity? Yeah, I don't sense curiosity in young people. Mm-hmm. I just is, there a, is there That's a, a good place for fair and balance that doesn't take the right or the left, just gives you the news right down the center, lets you decide on how to feel about a story? Is there room for that anymore? Well, I don't consider Alpha News right wing. I do. Is it? Well, let's get to the bottom of that. Is it, Liz? I think, I mean, it's really just the truth. So I guess it's it's sadly that uh, this is the world we live in now that the truth is considered either, you know, your truth, right right or left. But uh, but at Alpha News, we really do focus on things the mainstream media overlooks. That's sort of what we do. I'll give you an example. There's a woman, uh, uh, Meredith Abby Kierstad. She teaches social studies at Bloomington Kennedy. She is very out front in her anti-Semitism, pro-Hamas. She's gotten arrested outside Betty McCollum's office and on and on and on. She retains her teaching job. I think that's newsworthy. Mm -hmm. I think that's a story Mm -hmm. because she's teaching your kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alpha News had the story. You're you're just not going to see that story in Minneapolis paper. Why? Mm -hmm. It's a hell of a story. Mm -hmm. Boy, am I naive. I really am. But Joe, it, when they have when Alpha has stories like that and uh, other other news organizations are reacting to it, they say, "Well, that's those right-wing nuts over at Alpha." Oh yeah, there's all kinds of disclaimers. That, there's that. It's yeah, not yeah. a right-wing yeah. nut story. It, yeah. Well, no, it, unfortunately in our modern era, it has become that. Yeah. But it's not. It's a story of holy mackerel. Can you believe this? And here's what I also find. There's a lot of time spent on, we've created sort of a generation of narcissists. It's all about how they how they interpret things or how they're they're feeling about things. You know, we obviously saw this and, and everybody is, you know, they're not looking at the world this way. They're taking selfies this way. This right. is, this is uh, how, how it works. But I think that if, if journalists would spend more time worried about other people's stories rather than how they're affected by them or how they feel about about them, uh, there's there's a lot of people. I don't need to name names here locally, but they attack me on Twitter. Gosh, if you guys would spend the amount of time you give a crap about what I'm doing, and actually go out there and maybe return a call or follow up on a tip, it'd be incredible what we could uncover here mm-hmm. in this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does seem to be this sort of self-loathing type of you know this is what works, I guess, on on social media or whatever. But well, I can't thank you enough, and I'm going to watch the film. Thank you. There's Jill. a there's well, first. He's going to figure out to, uh, the watch party that we're having with. <laughs> there's a microphone yes. on my remote. Oh. Can I get that <laughs> and Jesus. say oh, the fall oh, of God. Minneapolis? Will that get me to thunder? No. Or rumble? Be or rumble. Rumble. Or rumble. That was, that was Let's just <laughs> I'm sorry, Liz. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, the last forty oh, minutes did not go to waste, Liz. Okay, <laughs> it did not go to waste. Always great to, to be here, you guys. Thank it's you for having me. The book me. is "They're Lying." The new film is "The Fall of Minneapolis," produced by Liz Collin. That's coming out November sixteenth, 
And uh, well, you know what? Why don't we have you back? We'll discuss that. I'd love to. Right. I didn't and, mean. Uh, I didn't mean. And by for then, a year. he'll know what Rumble is. Okay. I didn't mean Thunder. for a year to pass. Thunder.com. Yeah. And uh, say hi to Bob for all of us. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring, maybe I'll bring him <laughs> back. Including next time. Rookie's niece. <laughs> yeah. Let him, let him <laughs> join you. Let's go. Come on. Thank you, guys. Not a garage logic town council member. Here's what you're missing. They ask people who are, quote, experts in fields to name their five favorite books about that field or whatever. And she yeah. was on that. They do that once a week. Well, that's cool. How come they didn't ask me? Well, Chris, you, you have to read. read. Boy, Joe and I both My favorite took a book. shot there. My favorite book is probably the phone book. Well, and that's interesting because they don't even produce those anymore. The new phone books are here. The new phone books are I, here. I actually still get a phone book once a year. Joe, you do only, not. It, uh, we do, but it only has businesses. It's it's all yellow pages. It's about that thick with just yellow pages. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> What's coming up on the Steve Martin. The right? Steve Martin is the jerk. Yeah. Jerk. The new phone books are here. The new phone books are here. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. Let's go. <laughs> It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. I got a great email from Jim about North American Banking Company thanking me for the recommendation. You're welcome, Jim. He and his wife switched to the Woodbury location. Uh, my location's in Roseville, but you can also see them at 50th and France, Hastings, and Shoreview. Oh, also Maple Grove. They offer the same online and mobile banking options as the other banks, but with the unparalleled service of a community bank. And they are also locally owned and operated, which means loan decisions are made right here in the Twin Cities. They are not sent out of state. So this helps business owners solve problems quickly and expand their business with confidence. Because North American Banking Company deals with numbers every day, but you, your family, and your business are never going to be one of them. So check them out online today. NABankco.com. NABankco.com. North American Banking Company member FDIC is an equal housing lender. Before we get to Johnny, I want to read you a note. I mentioned uh, Meredith Abby Kierstad to Liz Collin and how that story uh, is not making any ripples anywhere except it was, I discovered it from Alpha News. And Carl Bear, our friend in Northfield, uh, did what a good GLer should do. He contacted Bloomington Kennedy High School. Okay. And he wrote, How can Bloomington schools continue to employ a so-called social studies teacher who is stridently anti-Semitic, pro-terrorist, and a lawbreaker as well? Meredith Abbey Dash Kirstead has a long history of anti-Semitic public statements as well as sympathy to terrorists. That's putting it mildly. Refer to this. And then he linked... Uh, the his note to canarymission.org, which John has referenced. Yeah. Canarymission.org. Is it your policy to just remain silent while this rage-filled Cretan spews her hatred and, and indoctrinates young students wow. to also hate Jews? It's truly disgusting that she has been spreading hatred for more than 20 years from her Bloomington classroom. Doesn't this bother you even a little? And he provides me the response. Uh, thank you for your submission. 
Uh, Mr. Bear, thank you for your submission. School district employees are protected from retaliation for exercising their First Amendment rights to free speech and assembly. Public employers as governmental bodies are bound by the First Amendment and generally cannot abridge freedom of speech by disciplining staff or engaging in protected First Amendment activity outside of their workday, time, and contract. While we accept the rights of individuals who hold different opinions about the conflict and complex history of Israel and Palestine, anti-Semitic or Islamophobic speech or acts will never be tolerated in and out of our school campuses. What I think uh, Carl deduced is that they, they're unprepared to do anything about her behavior outside the classroom. Uh, right. We can maybe, maybe surmise that inside the classroom... She is not getting away with this. Should we play uh, what ifs? You, put, you think she can resist not laying something down with little It's o- drop As, by as drop? Carl notes, it's okay to be anti-Semitic at Betty McCollum's office or in the comfort of your own home. But apparently uh, the, the thin line that Bloomington Kennedy superiors are drawing for her is that uh, I'll say the words for them. They apparently are saying, well, we have no evidence that she does this in the classroom. Yes, Kenny. Wow. Well, let's play what ifs. Yeah. What if it, um, I don't know, porn, uh, Trump support. I mean, pick your topic, anything. I think uh, I think she would be reprimanded. Yeah. If it was Donald Trump in particular, if it was, uh, if she had gone, if she goes after Muslims the way she goes after Jews, I believe she'd probably meet some form of retaliation. Yeah. But, All right. Yeah. But thank you, Carl. You're doing what GLers should do, and that's staying engaged and trying to find out, and you get the mealy-mouthed response. Pushing Here, back. Here's John Haidt. Uh Thank you, Joe. Before I get to the news, I, I just want to say, Rook, I was happy to hear about your cousin. Was it your cousin? Niece. Uh, your niece. Your niece. Uh, because when people found out that I was friends with Chris Reavers on Facebook, See, man, they just... Wow. wow. I, I was being Kabuya. so well-behaved today. That's just shots come, fired. Reaver, I'm going to sit on that for five minutes. Broadcaster man. down. Uh, <laughs> fellas, look at your monitors. Why? I know. There's two rooms. Why are we... What, what's... Because story, double rookie. lady, What's double rookie monitors? means oh, double the fun. Hi, oh, oh, there's, this two is fun. there's two of me. Oh, two rookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stop God. it, John oh, Height with the news. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Joe. And this news is brought to you by North American Banking Company. I bet they're uh, very before, impressed. Uh, <laughs> Before I get to the other stories, let me uh, get uh, in my announcer voice on to remind you. A quick reminder: we fall back this weekend. Hi again, everybody. You'll gain an hour of sleep Saturday night. Saturday I don't mornings. like We that. end daylight savings time for the year. I'd rather have the light. Can you see the okay. light? I can't. Noted. <laughs> in other news, tomorrow marks the start of Minnesota's firearms deer hunting season. Governor Walls will kick off events today in Lanesboro, Minnesota. A venison sampler late in the afternoon today there, and there that will be followed by a community gathering, a post Hunt Brunch will be held Saturday morning. More than 400,000 hunters expected to take part in this year's yeah, hunt. And that's Minnesota what I associate with deer hunting. Brunch. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> is the big guy going to actually go out and shoot a deer? I think he does hunt, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. More than 400,000 hunters expected to take part in this year's hunt, and the DNR has a deer hunting plan tool available online, which walks you through getting the right license, chronic wasting disease requirements in your zone, and how to process your deer and other safety tips for hunting.
I like venison. I do too. Yeah. I can't hear you. Yes, I do. Got it. You know, if we worked with a guy that maybe got a couple and no, can't hear you. He's gonna shoot them ones that got the disease. Oh, yeah. yeah. Messed them up good. I've <laughs> seen those, those deer. I've seen them. Yeah. They that make the ones, they look, the ones you've seen. They look Nothing weak. better than deer brain soup. No. Oh, no, Ooh, but the back, nice. those stra- the back straps are fantastic. Wow. Yeah. I would eat yeah, them. Keep it out, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he used to Joe, work I'm with the guy who, all. a guy who used to bring a sausage all the time. Remember? You guys remember him? No. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah he's, he's, he's right there on the lower right of my screen. He's in he camera number six. Sausages. Yeah. Camera, <laughs> camera six. Camera number six. <laughs> the Minnesota my Court heart is already broken about this year's deer season because for the first time in my life, I uh, I have one of these trail cams now that will send pictures right to my phone. It's not like the old kind where you have to take a little chip out and put it in your computer. And I'm seeing a lot of deer that I will never see during the deer hunting season. Right. You know why? So, what is, why does that? Why is that? It's just how deer hunting works. Oh, yeah. it's, it's irony. Murphy's, Murphy's Lock. Yeah. Catch twenty two. Pre- prepare to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cats out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. Okay. That one didn't work. <laughs> one too many. Of, okay. One too many. Yeah. Minnesota Court of Appeals ruled yesterday a Mille Lacs County judge overstepped his authority when he sought to bar felons from voting. Mille Lacs County District Judge Matthew Quinn issued post-sentencing orders in at least two cases stating that the defendants who had been convicted of felonies but were sentenced to probation were ineligible to vote. He argued the newly passed Restore the Vote Act, which allows felons to vote if they are not currently incarcerated, goes against the state constitution. Constitution. Attorney General Keith Ellison and Secretary of State Steve Simon joined in denouncing the ruling, saying they fly in the face of state law. Outside groups submitted dueling amicus briefs on either side of the issue. Minnesota Voters Alliance, which sued to to challenge the Restore the Vote Act earlier this year, argued the judge's ruling should be upheld. Well, the ACLU joined uh, with the other folks and said uh, they should be a writ of prohibition of that appeal of that uh, ruling. An appeal on Thursday's ruling could still be brought to the Minnesota Supreme Court within 30 days. Star Tribune reporting so many people are dying from drugs and alcohol in the Twin Cities metro that busy medical examiners are now skipping some routine autopsies of older adults who died from natural causes. It's another example of the grim impact of the worsening overdose crisis in Minnesota and across the nation, according to authorities. In 2022, nearly 110,000 people in the U.S. died from overdoses. That included about 1,343 from Minnesota. Here in the Twin Cities, drug and alcohol deaths have jumped more than 100% since 2019. Last year, 41% of the post-mortem exams done in Hennepin County and half of those done in Ramsey County involve people who died from drugs and alcohol. Determining how those people died takes time, and it means medical examiners no longer have time to perform autopsies on people older than age 55 who are believed to have died from natural causes. That's been a common practice to do that in the past. Uh, Previously, men younger than 60 and women under 65 had post-mortem exams, even when their deaths were believed to be from natural causes. Those procedures are not required by any state or national standard, but they help families and public health officials better understand why people uh, die prematurely. But now the age cutoff is lower. Hennepin and Ramsey counties generally won't autopsy people in their mid to late 50s or 60s who apparently die of natural causes. After reviewing years of data, Dr. Andrew Baker, the Hennepin County Chief Medical Examiner, said he is not worried that this change will lead to missing any suspicious deaths.
Minnesota panel tasked with picking a new state flag and seal saw a flurry of last-minute entries. The State Emblem Redesign Commission reported this week it received 2,633 entries during the one-month submission period, with hundreds coming in the final day this week. The bulk, 85%, were contenders for a new flag, while the rest were submissions for a new state seal. Over the next month, the commission will narrow the field to five finalists, each for the flag and seal, and in December, it'll select winners. New designs will take hold next year unless the legislature votes to veto them. Submissions were required to reflect Minnesota's shared history, resources, and diverse cultural communities. Designers will not be eligible for a prize or monetary compensation if their idea gets picked. To be eligible, the designer had to be 18 or older. Entries that contained obscene or profane wording. I wish I didn't have peripheral vision at this point. Entries that contained obscene or profane. Hello. Quit screwing around. Entries that contain obscene or profane wording or imagery will be disqualified, as will likenesses that represent only a single community or person. I definitely need a break. Let's uh, let's talk to the mayor. It's the new year and everyone is talking about their resolutions. Resolutions are based on topics for which we have become complacent. The Canopy Group has a New Year's resolution for you. Last year, over 2,700 Minnesotans conquered their complacency and contacted the Canopy Group for their home and auto insurance needs. That is an easy call because 80% of those people had only one agent with one company. No options. The Canopy Group offered them 40 professional with 16 companies. Many options. The Canopy Group's New Year resolution has always been to annually examine every existing Canopy client. Each and every day, the Canopy Group team is reaching out to their client base and moving many clients from one of their 16 companies to a different company that they also represent. This is a great call for the Canopy Group to make because it is their ongoing promise to always provide their clients with the best coverage at the best price and forever doing away with the insurance complacency. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. You love us and you know no, it. No, I don't. <laughs> Let's wrap this up, Suchi boy. No, we're not wrapping anything we, up. We still got more news. This guy was many got stuff and I got indoors. stuff. Joe Suchere. We're done here. We're done. Are we? No. Thanks, GLers. Yeah, goodbye, Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, guys. Go Have a great time. Don't shoot deer. Here's Johnny Height. No, well, here's I think, I think I'm going to chime in first Rook, Rook here. first. Because yeah. I want to uh, straighten something out. Yesterday, I don't remember what I called it, but for the Minnesota Masonic, it's Transitional Care Unit. That's what TCU, and that's where our guy Skilly is doing a great job of repairing now, if you didn't know anything about Minnesota Masonic before Healy went there, Healy, he's maybe. healing. Yeah. You can go to mnmasonichomes.org. Their Homes Historic Campers offers a 100-bed transitional care unit, TCU, that accommodates seven days per week therapy. One of Minnesota's finest traditional facilities, Minnesota Masonic's home TCU provides a healing environment with the private or semi-private rooms and restaurant-style extended hours dining. I might have to just hurt my leg to go down there. And while our guests come come there for the exceptional care delivered by the nursing staff and therapy teams, they rave over other amenities, including Town Square, Bono, on-site beautician, manicure, and massage therapy services. 
Now, if you want more information, just go to mnmasonichomes.org. Now, Joe Sushri is going to repeat everything that I said about Minnesota Masonic Homes. Doesn't he remind you of, like, your grandpa with the bad hearing? Hey, check out the nose on this guy. And the guy's like a foot away. Huh? What kind <laughs> is it? It's about 230. 952-948-7000. Thanks to Johnny and his team over there for being great sports. mnmasoniccharities.org. I, uh, I'm going to add to your ad, if you don't mind, Rook, Please, because uh, I saw Skilly this morning posted on Facebook. Goodbye, Masonic Home. Thank you for all the most wonderful caregivers one could ever ask for. I highly recommend them if you or your loved ones ever in need of transitional care. And there's a big picture of Skilly smiling in front of the building. Nice so he's job, okay. Michael. He's okay. And it's funny yep. because he did say in one of the texts that when he checked in, he said, the Rook sent me, and he got the same look that Judd Evans got from the Tom Thumb right. guy. <laughs> said, What's that, some kind of code? Well, the word will be out at Minnesota Masonic now. <laughs> Judd Evans, hey, uh, hey the code. Rook sent me. What's that, some kind of code? He puts his chili and his bread on his... <laughs> Oh. In other news, uh, apparently this is a big story. I, I have no interest in it, but I better read this story, I guess. Huh? A jury has found Sam Bankman freed guilty of all seven criminal accounts against him. He was the founder of FTX. Remember them? They were cryptocurrency. That's fake he money. Faces, mm. He faces 115 years in prison. Uh, Bankman freed is the 31-year-old Are we going to go after all of his campaign uh, donations, John, or are we just going to let that slide? Well, you'd have to go both sides. I don't think either side's going to go for that, Chris. The 31-year-old son of two Stanford legal John. scholars and graduate of the Massachusetts. Yes. No, don't he's right, Chris. Crack. He's absolutely right. That affects the third rail. They're not going to go after that. Good no way. That's that's anyway. Him specifically, but that's fine. That's fine. Was good. Yeah, that's... Go specific. ahead, John. I, yeah, I've got to get both something sides. for Bono here. Are you getting FYI'd? Both, both sides. Both sides, yeah. He contributed to. He had pleaded not guilty to the charges, which were all tied to the collapse late last year of FTX and sister hedge fund Alameda. The month-long trial was highlighted by testimony from the government's key witnesses, including Caroline Ellison, his ex-girlfriend, and the former head of Alameda. Former Memphis police officers plead uh, a police officer, excuse me, pleaded guilty yesterday in the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols in exchange for prosecutors recommending a 15-year sentence, becoming the first of five officers charged in the case to admit guilt. Desmond Mills Jr. entered his plea during a hearing at the Memphis Federal Courthouse as part of a larger agreement under which he will also plead guilty to related charges in state court. Caught on police video, the brutal beating of Nichols in January was one in a string of violent encounters between police in the South. The five former officers also charged were black, as was the victim. Mills and four other former police department officials were charged in federal court with using excessive force, failing to intervene, deliberate indifference, and conspiring to lie. After the beating, Mills and other officers failed to tell responding medics that they had beaten Nichols, instead saying he was on drugs. Meanwhile, among themselves, they discussed taking turns hitting Nichols, hitting him with straight haymakers, and everybody, quote, rocking Nichols. During the conversations, the officers discussed hitting Nichols to make him fall and observed that when Nichols did not fall, they believed they were about to kill him. One of the officers used hand signals to indicate to Mills that his body camera was still recording. Mills took the camera off and placed it in the back of the patrol car. Ratings figures show this year's World Series was the least Oof. watched since records of such things. I can't believe these numbers, John. I just can't believe they're it. They're horrible. My God. 
Viewership of the World Series was below the previous low average of 9.95 million. That was set back in the 2020 series. The uh, TV audience dropped by 23% from last year's World Series. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, of every game of the World Series, only the final contest surpassed 10 million viewers. Wow. With Game 3 having set the record for the least watched game on record at 8.13 million viewers. The postseason averaged 4.4 million viewers across Fox, TBS, and ESPN, which was down about 8% from you, last season. You know what this means, There's right? There's some really serious linking to be done here, but go ahead. No, I agree with you completely. Yeah, I know where absolutely. you're going, but what's going to end up happening, you watch. This is the last time we're going to see this on one of the major networks. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be no, on. It, it won't it's happen. either going to be on cable or it's going to be something on a stream. I guarantee <laughs> it's coming. Isn't it just as simple as nobody wants to see either one of those teams? I want them both to lose. Well, it's become a regional sport in that sense. I'm sure the ratings were through the roof in both Arizona and in Texas. Uh, beyond that, it, we have you know, these regional situations. My linking was more to the idea. Has, is America done with this pastoral, peaceful game? It doesn't fit our consciousness anymore. It's not culturally adequate for the kind of screwed-up country we've become. You're seeing uh, it trickle down to kids not even wanting to play uh, the game. Uh, I mean, I just think it's a marvelous game. and uh, uh, this is, is it the this dominance? Is, this is criminal. These is are, it, these it, are, these, that zero people watch this. But isn't it, could it be just as simple as uh, America would rather watch football and screw yes. baseball? It's yes. boring. Yeah, because football yeah. reflects the anger and the angst and the uh, violence and everything else. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, I bet Thursday the young- night, I bet whatever football game was on when there was a world. Well, in fact, baseball uh tiptoes around football and tries not yep. to even have a right. World Series game on right. when there's a football game. There would not have been a World Series game, for example, last night there would had we been. had to go back to Texas. And there right. wouldn't be a game Sunday had Correct. we had to go back to Texas. The final game would have been Saturday mm-hmm. if needed. They, have, they avoided football. They didn't play last Sunday. Right. Right. Correct. And, and no they, Sunday game. But they did play Monday. They did, yep. And that was, uh, I bet, Monday Night Football out outdrew them. Well, that was oh. game. What John just said, that was Game Three. Oh yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. watched baseball. Well, neither one of us care about football. I care about football, but Fo- I I'm ah. going to watch the World Series. The uh, I went and looked historically at some numbers uh, in the late seventies into the eighties. There was forty million per game. Really, wow. so we're do- we're down from forty million to eight million. I understand there's a lot of things streaming, etc., that go into what would have been in 1960? There was no Can numbers available then. Oh. No, they didn't count then. But uh, I'm sure they would have been huge, huge. Well, anyway. well it's a sad note, isn't it? it? Is. Well, well, I I have a, a, a child, as you guys know, and he's uh, in his upper 20s, and he says none of his friends knew that there was a team in Texas except Houston. Oh, wow. That's, that's... He, said, he said he had friends ask him, who, who's this Texas team? I thought Houston was the wow. Texas team. Well, that's inexcusable. They're just oh, idiots. Yeah. Then. Wow. Well, don't so, take the well, world. Don't. No, they're not idiots. No, they're idiots, Kenny. <laughs> okay, You're wrong. Joe. So just oh. keep quiet. Rook, okay. 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 I was just okay. going to say, don't take the world serious. Wait, that's it. The world series. Okay. Don't you so, remember that commercial? Anyway, Abner back to Doubleday? Kenny. Abner Doubleday? No. That's when I, he invented I, the world series. I don't remember. Carefree gum. 
Okay, then. I, I'm sorry. I don't remember that. Yeah, you should. I don't either. Space related. New, new data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention show that youth smoking is at a historic low. With just 1.9% of high schoolers lighting up in the past month. That's youth- too bad. Well, that's because vaping is off the charts. They don't know. Actually, youth vaping is also on its lowest level in a decade. They don't know what they're missing. (laughs) Nothing will make you happier in life than smoking. Kids, don't listen to this idiot. He drives a green cart. He doesn't know what he's talking about. If you start in your teens, you've got a good 40 to 50 years (laughs) in front of you. Of nothing but pleasure. I can't wait till my two children get home today and their mom's going to say, What'd you learn today? Well, Uncle Joe used a lot of bad yeah. words and Uncle Kenny told me I should start smoking. <laughs> Best you know, thing you know what, could uh, ever do. Best thing. You know what the mayor of South St. Paul sent me? What's that, Joe? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to reveal him. Oh. He sent me his Halloween uh, display. Oh. Well, he had a bowl of cigarettes with a sign that said, Take one only, please, right. and leave the matches. <laughs> I wonder if they did. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> box the clown. Future governor. Kids, go to school. Go to school, kids. Don't do what I did. Don't do what I did. A smoke-free society is defined usually as one where cigarette smoking is below 5% of the population. If you apply that standard to youth now... The U.S. has achieved what's being called a smoke-free generation. Mm. In Florida, and talk about picking the wrong guy, an Auburndale, Florida man pointed a firearm at an off-duty Florida Highway Patrol trooper while Uh-oh. driving next to him on the Polk Parkway last Sunday. The Florida Highway Patrol said it was about 3.55 in the afternoon. 32-year-old Matthew Timothy Ryder got agitated due to slow-moving traffic on SR-570, focused his attention on the trooper in his personal vehicle. The trooper was dressed in normal clothes, family members in his personal car. Ryder was driving a red Chevy pickup truck. He began driving alongside the trooper, speeding up and slowing down, yelling, using hand gestures, despite the trooper ignoring him. Then Ryder pulled the firearm out, first displaying it, then pointing it at the trooper. The trooper quickly reported the incident, but they couldn't find his car on the highway. Instead, the FHP went to his home where they later arrested him. Ryder is charged with three counts each of unlawful display of a weapon and aggravated assault with a weapon. That's not enough. He should lose his rights forever. Be done with him. Yeah. Maybe the trooper was a bad driver. That doesn't matter. That You do not get to do that under any circumstances. Well, of course you don't. Even if wrong has been done to you, you lose your, in my, in Kenny's world, you lose your right forever. What if you're just super frustrated? Yep. No. Gone. Okay. Forever. Okay. Gonzo. Got it. And Cedar Fair and Six Flags are merging to create a large amusement park operator with operations that spread across 17 U.S. states and three countries. This new combined company will be worth more than $3.5 billion. Wow. Most 27 amusement parks, 15 water parks, nine resort properties in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. It will also have entertainment partnerships and a portfolio of intellectual property, including Looney Tunes, DC Comics, and Peanuts. Amusement parks have seen an uptick. I said uptick. Oh, that's great. In revenue. But but have struggled to raise attendance since the pandemic, even as other entertainment sectors have bounced back. A tie-up between the two huge players is expected to at least lower costs for both companies. Oh, no. You got a pencil down. 
Well, you, do you need I got to several. You need another Here it is. Y'all got a pencil down? Johnny, that's fantastic news. Well, thank you, Joe. That's just wonderful. Thank you. emailers had the same thought they heard us discussing summit avenue and the unfortunately anticipated destruction of the avenue as we know it to create the elevated bike pass and uh we were surmising that maybe what's under attack is the just the opulence of it you know the aspirational dreams that people have of one day living on Summit Avenue, and to a democratic socialist, that would be antithetical. They couldn't stand for that. And two different emailers had the same thought. I'll read you, uh, Ted's. On today's show, you and the staff were talking about the Mysterians that want to destroy the heritage of Summit Avenue due to what what it represents. Below is a YouTube link to a segment of the Conan O'Brien show from September of 2021. If you fast forward to 6.32 and listen for the next 15 seconds, have you done that, Chris? Yeah. All right. You will hear Bono talk about the differences between life in the U.S. versus Ireland in regards to wealth. I remember seeing this. Yeah, Yeah, he was on the Conan O'Brien show. Right. Two things come to mind when I first heard this clip. First, I wonder whether Bono would say the same thing now, two years later. Second thought, we sure are moving in the direction of North Ireland in a hell of a hurry. This is, uh, this is very interesting, given how rapidly the mystery has taken over America. I want to ask you something I, I've been curious about. I've encountered this, you know, uh, being an Irish person, I've encountered it a little bit myself, which is an Irish mentality which is good for you, but don't get a big head. Meaning they, they, they are happy for you, but it's a very tricky culture where they, they kind of, they don't want you to get too big. And I think this must be a problem for you guys because you're some of the biggest stars in the world, but you go home to your country. Do you encounter that feeling ever? You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an amazing place to escape to. And Ireland is really, it's a really cool place to live and to bring up your kids and all of that kind of thing. But one of the reasons is because Irish people are so messy. And um, it's very different than in America. In America, you know, you look at the mansion on the hill and you say, you know, one day I'm going to live in that mansion. In, in, in Dublin, where we come from, especially on the north side, people look at the mansion on the hill and go, one day I'm going to get that son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 That's what's happening. Yep. Yeah. That was two years. I wonder if Bono would say the same thing. This was in 2005. Oh, I thought it was 2021. No, this was 2005. He oh, said that. Uh, okay. Never mind. Then no, was... but, but still, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, Boy, yeah. Garage Logic in 2005, huh? Jeff Bezos has moved from Washington State to Florida. There's no taxes in Florida. I wonder why he's doing that. Uh. <laughs> Uh, Six months in a day. Is it true that the former Mrs. Bezos has basically given every cent away? 
that she acquired. Uh, she in is the, well, they're one percenters for sure, but they. Um, but whatever she received, that her, new Mrs. Bezos. No, 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 the former Mrs. Bezos. Whatever she received in their divorce no settlement, way. I thought I read somewhere a while back that she had basically given away a a, a, a big portion of that. That guy must be the world's most complete dork. Okay. Bezos. Okay. To to parade that talent of his around like that is just just shows me that. You know, we're still doing the show, right? Yeah. Okay. What a rude. Uh, Mackenzie Scott says she's given away another chunk of her fortune, more than $2.7 billion, along with the $1.7 billion announced in July 20 and $4.2 billion in December. Huh. Can, she I, has can given, I give you a little tip? She seems like she's a gal kept that would... She's a bill or two. Yeah. I she wonder. Her feet? Yeah. She would like me. She should meet me. John, <laughs> will you call up this day in history, she's 50. please? Yeah, I'm sure, okay. I got it already. I'm good. What yep. is this? No, she's okay. good to go, yeah. Joe. Only because they come to us all the way from Mirador, San Jose, Ecuador, from the traveling Lymans. It's this day in history. You can find the Lymans at worldwidewaftage.com. Okay. I wonder where they'll go next, but we'll find out. On this day, November November 3rd. In 1831, Ignatius Donnelly was born in Philadelphia. He arrived in Minnesota in 1857 and built a mansion at Nininger. Nininger. Near Hastings. He later served as first lieutenant governor of the state. And as a representative of the legislature in Congress. <laughs> An author on... Uh, various topics, Donnelly opposed business monopolies. In, in the, the weekly, weekly paper, paper. Anti-Monopolist attested that Francis Bacon wrote Shakespeare's plays. Yeah. In the great cryptogram, advanced the then outlandish theory that a giant comet had once struck the earth in Ragnarok, the age of fire and gravel, and argued for the existence of Plato's fabled island in Atlantis. The antediluvian world. Yes, I'm sorry, I didn't add that. On this day... November 3rd. In 1895, a fire began in a flour mill and destroyed the town of Walcott in Rice County. Walcott had prospered for... Nearly 50 years, but the community decided not to rebuild. On this day in 1908... I know where Walcott is. Good. On this day in 1908... 1103. Bronislav Bronco-Nagurski was born in Ontario. In 1929, he was named All-American as both defensive tackle... And offensive fullback for the Gophers. The, the only, only player, player to be named All-American to two positions in the same year. He later played for the Chicago Bears football team and performed as a professional wrestler. Flawless. After his retirement from sports, he operated a service station in his hometown of International Falls. Mm -hmm. Didn't we do a crabby about him, John? We did. Bronco Nagurski, did we? Yeah, early on we did. What happened oh, to that show? Sure. On this um, day, <laughs> I tried to tune in, but I didn't hear anything. <laughs> on this day, uh, November third, in 1959, the Wilson and Company packing house strike began in Albert Lee, lasting 109 days. It received national attention. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Big finish. On you this day, made something up. In 1989, <laughs> something happened in sports. This day in 1989. Uh, Timberwolves twins. related? Yeah, they played their first, first game. game, losing to Seattle 106-94. to At the Dome? 
Uh, John, what's yes. that? What comes after ninety four? It's all it says. It's the last thing. Okay. <laughs> on this day in nineteen. 19- <laughs> On this day, he's really losing it, isn't he? Uh, no. Boy, on this day in 1992, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yes. Lawyer yes. Alan Page was elected to Associate Justice of the State Supreme Court, the first African American to so serve. Normally, judges are appointed by the governor. But unusual circumstances led to a direct election. Voters undoubtedly recalled Page's career. With the Minnesota player. Vikings and his election to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, as that well as his work. work. Okay. As a have we ever had Alan Page on? Yes. Oh, yeah. I've got well, a photo Pat and of I Joe and Pat with him at, with Justice Page. And oh, finally, and okay. finally what so. happened on this day in 1998? November. I was 3rd, recovering huh? from a hmm. massive bender in Mankato. Yeah. Um. First November week of November 1998. Think about it. I might have been oh! blackout drunk that day. No, Governor Ventura. Former professional oh. wrestler Jesse the Body All Ventura right, won the gubernatorial election. The Democratic... La- uh, farmer, labor, and Republican candidates split, split much, much of, of the, the vote. vote. And Reform Party candidate Ventura, who had been mayor of Brooklyn Center and... No, Mayor Brooklyn Park. Brooklyn Park and and, and... and host of a radio talk show on KSDP in the Twin Cities. Takes, takes the, the prize. prize. Ventura would later switch his affiliation to Independence Party of... Minnesota. Minnesota. And his administration focused on education and tax reform. Fill in the blank. This See, we're going to do the uh, this day now. I don't know what happened to... Let's do Saturday uh, and Sunday. Uh, Tom, uh, this is the first time he sent me a series that uh, they don't print. That's definitely his fault and not you because you are an ace with the printer. And upon receiving the winning notification, what did Governor Ventura say? You tell Suchin Royce that I did it. (laughs) I'm gov now. I'm going to be governor. That's what the poor bastard was thinking of. That's the only reason he ran. In the room, in in the family room and back on the monitors, I was standing next to him and she says, what did you get me into? And then he turned and said, hey, you tell Suchin Royce I did it. They said I couldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Love that guy. I love that guy. Uh, Hey, How can you not? How can you not? Before we go, Chris, Hi. Uh-huh. I am looking uh, at a image of Walcott, a satellite image. Is it just a field? Basically, yeah. It's just a field southeast of Faribault. Yep, it's right on, right on Highway 60, right? right Is there off. a marker or anything? There used to be a manufacturing plant that was named after the township, but I don't oh. even know if that's there anymore. Oh, wait a minute. This is the uh, this day in history. The fire destroyed Walcott, and they did not rebuild. Right. So there is no current Walcott. No, but I know exactly where that is. Well, how do you? You weren't here. Well, my folks' farm is about six seconds from there. Well, is there a plaque? It's right there. Yes, here lies the fire of Wilson. You get it. No, man. Walcott. Walcott. Walcotter. Say, uh, also, don't forget November 3rd, uh, Chris Reaver's birthday. Happy birthday, Chris. Thanks, John. Oh, we don't do birthdays. Also, also, my hey, son Dylan Dylan's Hyde. birthday. So. Oh, happy, oh, happy birthday, birthday, Dylan and Reavers! Isn't that something? What are you doing for your birthday tonight? Uh, let's see, boys. What are we doing? 
making up stories of what Joe didn't say in front of the You got to play that for these guys. Oh, I will. Yeah. I will. Hey, don't forget hey. Tattersall. It's brought to us by our friends at Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities. RSVP. You have to be a town council member, and you also have to RSVP. Both of those can be done online at garagelogic.com. It's going to be a blast, and we may have a special guest that will be in attendance later to announce. Oh, wow, fun. For what? Patterson. Special guest? Yeah. Sign up for the town council at garagelogic.com. Ten We're bucks having a, month. a town council meeting. $100 right. a year. It's a small price to pay. Also, while you're at garagelogic.com, click on the uh, talk shop. Great garb. You can, do you think he can wait 15 seconds? God, he just, it's like we, uh, we have to hit the button because the light went on. Six. Have a good what weekend. It is time once again to check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again here in Garage Logic, and now's the time for you to do the same. In the new year, do not delay. Do exactly what I did. Pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. You call that number, you get Josh, and you will always get straight talk. You will never get sugar-coated advice, and he is there for you for that free, yes, I said free 48 minute financial consultation and he's on the line with us once again and boy josh the new year and there's a whole lot of shaking going on isn't there oh my goodness chris there is a lot of shaking going on at the end of last year and we had a very good year overall at josh arnold investment consultant our proprietary client portfolio real money was up 42.2 percent net after fees for the year that compared with the S&P 500, up 24.2% for the year, and definitely did a lot better than investing in bonds. Today, NASDAQ, as I, I'm not going to say as I predicted, but on some radio programs last week after a very strong two months in the S&P index, led by the Magnificent Seven, that being Apple, Amazon, Meta, Microsoft, Alphabet or Google, NVIDIA and Tesla, I had surmised, I'll, I'll say that, that's better than a prediction, but I surmised that after a very strong two months, that being November and December, there'd be some profit-taking during the first week of January. And lo and behold, profit-taking took hold this morning. A lot of people who had some profits in the S&P and other stocks wanted to wait until the new year to take their profits, as that would give them extra time to pay their taxes on those gains. And of course, for those people who had a lot of losses left over from 2022, you could have offset those gains against the losses to limit the tax bite. But in any case, there's a lot of selling going on in the winning names from last year. And it's not just the Magnificent Seven. It extends out to companies like Salesforce.com, as an example, and several of the other cloud winners that were winning on cloud services and artificial intelligence. The winners 
today were those companies that did not do very well last year, such as the pharmaceuticals like Pfizer and Bristol-Myers Squibb. Both of them were in double-digit negative territory in 2023. Also up were some of the energy names and some of the defensive names as well. That's defensive, not defense stocks. Defensive stocks being companies like Colgate Palmolive, General Mills, and the uh, beverage companies. Companies that sell products that people, regardless of what's going on in the economy, are going to buy. The other instance that's led to the selling, of course, and I'm not even going to talk about the strategist, but I will. Strategists overall, not specific, but strategists overall predict that the S&P this year would only be up about 2%. They are suggesting to be light again in stocks, so underweight stocks, overweight bonds on the belief that the Fed will aggressively cut rates this year as the economy slows down and we go in to a recession. Well, strategists made that prediction last year. And how well did that work out? The S&P was up. Bond indices finished flat to down slightly for the year. Not a good track record. And those strategists overall, you know, had predicted a recession. Did not have a recession last year. But there are an awful lot of people with inflation still high, particularly with grocery costs, rents, etc. They felt a little bit underwhelmed. This year, strategists that were right on the market moving up, you know, have predict further gains. So that could offset some of the negativity from the bulk of the uh, strategists. Favorite Apple today probably was another impetus for selling off as two firms downgraded shares on concerns about softening iPhone 15 sales and concerns about the regulatory environment that could impact Apple, as well as impacting Google and regulatory impacts from their domination in both search and the applications services business. To me, the downgrade of Apple after a very strong 2023, Apple being up 48%, is almost typical at the beginning of many years and typical before Apple's quarter. So I am still very positive on Apple, but do recognize that iPhone sales could be soft and services sales may not accelerate as much as some analysts predict. I still maintain my long-term price target of Apple at $250 a share. Apple is just a cash-generating machine. It is not going to be a fast grower. It'll be slow, but sure. For the year, I am still, say, buy growth, expect numerous market pullbacks, and buy growth. Excellent advice, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone and make the call for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and never, ever sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Happy New Year to you and yours, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. You got it. Thanks, Chris. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.